everyone, and welcome to season two, episode 12 of the Big at the Back podcast. My name's Tom. I'm joined once again by Matthew Higgins. Matt, how are you doing? Pretty damn good. It's good to have a full weekend of Premier League fixtures back. Uh, I actually got to enjoy and watch most of them, at least the ones that were televised. So it's been a lovely weekend and repping the West Ham shirt because we actually fucking won a game. Um, but outside of football, things are good as well. It's just a bit fucking miserable out there, isn't it? So, but other, I can't complain too much. How are you? I'm good. Uh, yeah, it was nice to have a full weekend of football. Internationals, I, I just I don't care about the Nations League. Uh, I think it was also partly because they had those fixtures in like June, July time that the yep. Nations League just lost any kind of credibility because of that. I think you had KDB coming out and saying he didn't want to play. Um, but, yeah, the, I just don't care about international football, so I'm really glad the Premier League's back and a load of really, really entertaining games for us as well. First week back from the internationals. Yeah, it was a, a really good weekend of football. Uh, the, the only sort of downside was the, the last televised <laughs> game on Sunday, the absolute bore draw between... Uh, Leeds and Villa, which we'll obviously get to, but oh my god, what a after the excitement of the Manchester derby yeah. to then go from that to the absolute. I mean, did even Villa or Leeds fans really care about that game? No, I don't think they did, and I don't think the players did either. But we'll we'll come <laughs> on to that. So let's start by looking at how we've done on FPL. So, all right, week for you. Uh, all right is I think that's the the key word like 71 points which is above average technically just about but red arrows all round so uh, it's very bittersweet um Pope in goal with just the two points very annoying that they threw away that clean sheet at the end especially when I've now got Ward on the bench with eight points uh, which I think <laughs> a lot of people will be in that boat this week um then Trippier actually banked his clean sheet thankfully uh, picked up seven points James and Cancelo, uh, both with uh, fuck all, basically. Um, worth, worth noting as well, this is my wildcard team. So it is a little bit disappointing to not pick up as many points uh, as I could have done. Across the midfield was fairly underwhelming as well. Son and McAllister with just two points apiece. Uh, Martinelli and Diaz picking up four each. And then a front line of Mitrovic with zero. Tony with one. And then, of course, Erling Haaland carries the team with 46 points, which if it weren't for him, it would have been a really low scoring week. But I'm just blaming you personally for convincing me to pick Son over Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, what were you thinking? I mean, I still think that's a better option moving forward. KDB was again playing very deep. Um, yeah, he's on set pieces. He took, he got two assists. He's just and he's getting forward as well. Like he had a, he had a, he had a shot like a shot in the first five minutes that was saved well by De Gea. And when City are playing in, at this level, he's always going to be there or thereabouts. For 12 million, you want someone that isn't a central defensive midfielder, though, even if they're on set pieces. He is um, the top sorry. scoring midfielder in FPL, Tom. So far. King Min Son. <laughs> King Min Son is coming back in these next eight weeks. I, I still back that. Um, but my team is slightly better, and there's one reason, and that is James Madison, who I, I don't know why you didn't get him. Like, it's absolutely bonkers to me. Um but yeah, Pope and Goal, same as you. Cancelo and Trent, uh, both resulting in poor performances. We'll get to those in a minute. Trippier, keeping a clean sheet was great. Uh, in the midfield, yeah, Madison with 18 being the big one. And of course, Harlem with 46 up front as well. 
massive, massive week for Erling Haaland. And uh, he was the story of the game week yet again, really, wasn't he? It's just a machine. We keep saying it. We say it in our group chats and things like that. He, he is like, especially De Bruyne with him as well. They are like a cheat code. You've got the best passer in the world at the moment and the best finisher in the world. And those two combining is just unbelievable. And then you're throwing like Foden bagged a hat trick as well. He had yeah. a good game. Like Man United didn't help themselves with the way they set up, but Harden is like, he has got to smash all records this season if he stays fit. I totally agree. He was absolutely awesome. Well, you know what? Stop going in chronological order. Let's start there because the Manchester derby was the highlight of the game week and what a game it was. Absolutely unreal. Um, Man City 6, Man United 3. Haaland and Foden both getting hat-tricks. Haaland with two assists as well. The, the guy's absolutely nuts. He The previous quickest to... Uh, as many hat tricks as he's got was Michael Owen in 46 games. Harland's done it in eight. <laughs> Her, and Harland is about like nine goals off the last year's Golden Boots. And it's only eight games in or something. And like maybe that. 30 games to get them. Yeah. He, he might struggle. <laughs> he might struggle indeed. But the, there's so, so, so many stats. I think he's currently averaging 14 touches per goal as well. It, the guy's just an absolute monster. All I'm going to say is the only manager that has managed to stop him scoring in all competitions this season was Scott Parker. <laughs> Brilliant. What a <laughs> that, it just shows he's a tactical genius, is that Scotty Parker? But um, yeah, I mean, what, what a game. I mean, at halftime, it's dead and buried, isn't it? it then, man, you're going to get that one goal back and you think, surely not. It was a great finish from Anthony, like out of nowhere as well. A great finish. He was the only player in this game that really sort of came out for the man, of Man United with any sort of, I don't know, sort of pride and ability to hold his head up high maybe a little bit. Scored in his first two appearances now for United in the Premier League. And he looks a good player and he's got a wand of a left foot as well. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I say it was the Haaland show, wasn't it? Three goals, two assists, racking up all the bonus points. Um, 102 uh, on the bonus points score, which is just unbelievable. Uh, and then somehow Martial comes on and bags... Uh, two goals as well and picks up a bonus point like out of nowhere. Uh, it was really annoying because I had a, a bet on this game, a, a build a bet. Um, and all I needed was, the, it was a bit of a long shot. Uh, and the only thing that didn't come in in the end was Rashford to score. And I think like, Martial came on for Rashford. You should pay me out for that. It only seems fair. No, because I mean, no. who would have bet on Martial to score as well? Like, No one's exactly. buying Martial on Martial. Are we... Overlooking, I, I guess it's tough because of the blank in game week 12, right? It's tough to recommend buying into any city when we've all got Haaland and Cancelo. There's definitely a case for Foden. I also think there's a case for Grealish as well because though he didn't get an attacking return in this game, he still looked really good and looked really dangerous. It was just Foden that got on the end of stuff today. But I think Jack Grealish is also definitely an option because he's in the form of his life at the moment. Yeah, he's, he is really coming to these last couple of games, to the Wolves game before the break and this game. Uh, he looked to be back to somewhat near his best that he showed for Villa. Obviously, it's a, a different situation in uh, a Man City team where he's not the big fish. But if he carries on playing like that, you think the returns will start to come. Mm. Uh, it's obviously, you always got that risk of rotation, especially now you're getting into the two games a week, every week, basically, between now and the World Cup. So you've got that risk of rotation. But... Well, I guess we'll have to see how he goes this week in the Champions League. He'll probably be rested. They, he, with Pep and this squad, they can really 
basically have a Champions League side and a Premier League side. So, yeah, completely. Um, Manchester United, they were, we'll come to this with Liverpool as well, but the midfield and forwards lines really didn't help the defence. And I felt a bit sorry for the defenders. Um, I don't, they, they didn't cover themselves in glory, but they didn't really do enough to justify losing by six goals. But the midfield and forwards were just losing it constantly in sloppy positions. They weren't pressing as a team. They weren't pressing properly. It was back to the Manchester United of old. Now, honestly, it feels like under Ten Hag, this is just a bit of a blip. Uh, it feels like you're playing against the best team in the world. You've had a bad game. Let's move on to the next one. Rather than, say, a few years ago when it would have been, oh, my God, panic stations. I still think United are fine. They're, they've got Everton next, but then it's Newcastle, Tottenham and Chelsea. So from an FPL standpoint, you're not really looking at investing in them, are you? No, no, definitely not. Like you say, the Everton game's one they need to be picking up points, really. And I agree, this does feel more like a blip with the form they had going into the international break and things were picking up. City's always going to be a very difficult game, especially when they play as well as they did on the day. They were absolutely unstoppable. And they could have, like, if it weren't United... It, like, and De Gea made a couple of good saves it, at points. Like it could have been a lot worse. Um, McTominay was absolutely dreadful. He was like a he was like just missing for large parts of the game. And why why would you not start Casemiro in this game? A big wow. physical player. He'll get involved. He'll get in tackles. And he's got good record against City. Like at Real Madrid in that game last year at the Bernabeu, he was one of the best players on the pitch. But McTominay's been really good for the past four wins in a row. Like McTominay has probably been their standout midfielder. I, I actually think it's very. It would have been very harsh dropping McTominay for this game, and form suggested he were, he was up for it. Just, In that case, drop Ericsson. I I agree with that, but then even Casemiro has to uh, play. I I agree. I think. Problem is, he's won four games in a row. He doesn't want to change the winning formula. I get it. I don't agree with it, but I get it from that perspective. Um, I guess with Man U, though, there's no one necessarily I want to be buying at the moment. So from an FPL standpoint, nothing there. Let's jump to the Liverpool game then, uh, which is on the Saturday. It was Liverpool 3, Brighton 3. And what a horror show for Liverpool initially in the first half. Um, I was watching it. Were you? Uh, I had it on. I had this game on and I had uh, the Chelsea game on, actually. So I was sort of flicking between the two. Um, mm. I only had the Chelsea game on because I backed Chelsea in my accumulator. So I wanted to, to be watching that game. But yeah, it was like when you, when you go 2-0 down early doors, you think, oh, you're expecting the worst. And this Liverpool side, they've got the ability to drag themselves out of holes, which obviously they did on this occasion. But even then, still managed to throw it away. And you've got to look at your defence, really. Trent potentially for two of the first two goals, um, mm. giving the ball away and just looking lazy, really, when it comes to his defending. And then even the third goal, you've got to ask questions of Van Dijk because that ball should yeah. not be getting through him. Um, but you've got to give credit to Trossard, really, like to take score a hat-trick at Anfield. The first player to score a Premier League hat-trick at Anfield is Andre Arshavin in 2009. Wow, that, that does take me back. Oh, yeah, they had a thing about uh, Phil Fosen being the first man player to score a hat-trick in the Manchester derby. Since they're like Harland. <laughs> um, but, yeah, on Liverpool, I think Gary Neville uh, had a really good sketch on Monday Night Football about uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, but I think 
the really key thing here is Trent Alexander-Arnold, his game is maybe 70% going forward and 30% defending. Maybe it should be more of a 60-40 ratio. Uh, Robertson does 55-45 and does it really well. But the, Trent's game is a bit out of balance at the moment. The problem is the midfield has no legs and are offering no protection. Salah's just turned 30. He can't get back and defend Trent like he used to. Um so Trent is just being completely exposed time and time again in 2v1s and 3v1s. And I, I think it's an easy go-to Trent card defence. I mean, his defending isn't great, but it's also not a huge part of his game. And if you're playing Trent, you need to provide the legs in midfield to offer support the way Henderson used to when he was able to run. Henderson's, what, 32 now? He can't keep up anymore. James Milner's been starting for Liverpool. He's like... 50. Um, so um, until we solve that midfield problem, it is going to stay a defensive issue for Liverpool at the moment. And yeah, we came back and got three goals. Firmino missed like four or five guilt edge chances. I've said it a hundred times. Firmino should not be starting in 2022 for Liverpool, especially when Jota and Nunez on the bench. Uh, but I think Liverpool at the moment, they're a bit of a hold for me. Just because you've got Arsenal and Man City as the next two, two tough games, but then you're coming out of that and you've got West Ham, Forest, Leeds all in a row. So I think if you've got Liverpool, particularly Diaz and Trent, you're holding. If you've got Salah, then you're probably holding for that game week 12 fixture, right, against West Ham? Yeah, I think so. Uh, he's got a great record against West Ham as well. Uh, the, the issue is defensively for me, like I... You, like you say, Trent always always got like a big game in him, whether like potentially going forward. But I can't see you keeping a clean sheet in these next two games. Um, team like Brighton did it on Saturday. They just attack you down your right hand side. And the next two games, you've got Arsenal, who have got Martinelli bombing down that left hand side, and they targeted Spurs on their right on on Saturday lunchtime. And then you've got Man City again, who are just going to attack you all down that their left hand side, your right hand side. So people are targeting Trent at the moment. And it's the sensible and it's the obvious move because his confidence is going to be low defensively. And like you say, he's not getting any coverage. So it's easy, easy for him to get overwhelmed out there. So it's going to be interesting to see what Klopp does to try and combat that in these next two games. But, I mean, at the moment, I've just got Diaz. That's my only Liverpool asset and I don't see that changing. Obviously, it was a bit annoying when he was benched, but I came on at, at half-time and at least bagged an assist. So hopefully he can get something in these next few weeks for me. Yeah, I think Diaz is a hold uh, from a Liverpool perspective. I also think if you've got Salah now and you're not wildcarding, then you're you're almost stuck with him. And Salah plays well against big teams as well. Trent is a very, very tricky one because you can't see him keeping a clean sheet in the next two, but he could pick up an assist or two. Um, and he typically plays well against City as well. So you, you're just not sure how that goes. Uh, but yeah, anyone else, if you've still got Robertson, get out. Brighton, um, I said it a few weeks ago, Trossard's the only one you're looking at, realistically. Um, I, a lot of people have got gross, but I think Trossard is the main man up top. M maybe you can get Darren Bent in for that game week 12. Darren Bent? Wow, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Welbeck. <laughs> I caught myself there. I am definitely getting Darren Bent in. <laughs> maybe you can get Danny Welbeck in for that game week 12 fixture against Forrest. I think that would be a really good shout if you're looking for a Mitrovic replacement, for example, or a Tony replacement. But honestly, that that's it for me with Brighton. Uh, yeah, I think Trossard's the only one you're really looking at. Yeah, I mean, he obviously absolute Hall of the Week. I still, I'm still like obviously picked up a hat trick, 
But Trossard's a player for me who's always sort of been on the fringes and never really, con- I've never really considered him massively as an FPL asset. Obviously, I've proven him wrong this week. But I wouldn't be surprised if he then goes back into getting like an assist every few games or a goal every few games for the next sort of five, six weeks. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, um, Spurs, Spurs next is a trickier one. Brentford are a little bit miserly at the back, so it could be hard to come by. But I mean, obviously, new managers come in and things are, it's, it's a little bit more chaotic, their style of football it seems to be. But they're obviously looking to play good, attractive, attacking football. So, uh, and Welbeck, like you say, potentially when you look at that Forest game, because they look awful. Um, Welbeck looks good at the moment as well, and he should have had at least one goal. Um, on Saturday, when he had that free header and he put it pretty much straight down Allison's yeah, throat. Like, yeah, you, you could have been like four nil down. Could have been six nil down at one point, like if uh, Welbeck could finish. But unfortunately for Liverpool, he can't. Like Liverpool defended <laughs> so terribly. Like it was Van Dyke's been really, really poor this season. Not having a fixed centre back partner hasn't helped him. Um, yeah, I don't know what... Just the midfield protection isn't there from Liverpool. Fabinho's having a rubbish season. The other midfielders are all the wrong side of 30. So, yeah, that, that midfield three is where we're really struggling from a Liverpool perspective. And Brighton exploited that really well. Realistic situation where you potentially lose your next two games. Mm. Uh, and that will put you on 10 points after nine games. You could be below West Ham after these next two games. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? I don't see that as likely, to be honest. I'm not too worried. Um, <laughs> that'll be when I'll, I'll, I'll be back to like when it was like last year when I was sending you weekly updates every week we were still above, or two years ago like we're still above you we're still above you every bloody week for about 10 weeks um, <laughs> let's talk about the whipping boys then because Leicester 4-0 over Nottingham Forest um, how much can we read into this game let's start with from a Leicester perspective I don't know. Forest are very bad. Um, like it's, that's why it's really hard. Like you said about Madison, obviously two goals and assists, like a great return for him. Um, I just don't know how much you read into it. And their fixtures are good. And even when they haven't had good fixtures and they've been playing badly, Madison's been picking up points. Um, I wonder how sustainable it is. Bearing in mind his actual like underlying stats, um, he's really overperforming things like his XG and his XA. So. Can he continue this on for these next few Is that going to be a big confidence booster going into these? Maybe, but I don't know. He's still, he's still what, 88 mil at the moment? Still yeah. a lot of money for a midfielder who's in a, a struggling team and they're second bottom in the league still. Like It is really hard for me to invest that much money in someone in that position. I'm probably going to be proven wrong and he's probably going to carry on his form. So don't listen to anything I say. This is going to be Zaha 2.0. As soon as you bring him in, he stops returning. Speaking yeah. of which, did you bring Zaha in this week? I did not. Uh, I, th- I thought you had. That would fit the narrative quite well. Um, I am looking, looking at Zaha potentially as a Martinelli replacement, and we'll get on to that soon. Um, but, yeah, look at, looking at the two teams, Leicester looks very, very good. The Wars may, still made quite a few saves. And it's not like Ward to be making saves in the Premier League, so fair, fair play to him for actually uh, <laughs> to catch the ball once or twice. But yeah, Matt Madison, the side of the show, he looks awesome. Yeah, sweeping up all those bonus points quite comfortably as well. Um, he, he's really making himself a strong candidate for that World Cup squad as well, isn't he? It's really hard for Southgate to ignore him now. 
But the, 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 the issue we've got is just so many players that sort of play in those sorts of positions. Um, mm-hmm. You can even throw James Ward-Prowse in the mix as well. It's no, really hard for just... No, well, not so much anymore, no, but more for just like his set pieces and things like that. But yeah, Madison yeah. surely has to play over Mason Mount. Mason Mount is having an absolutely stinking season. He's been shocking so far. Madison's got to be picked over him, surely. I get Mount probably does a bit more of the defensive work, and that's where Madison can be caught out. But Madison also can actually do something going forward, which Mason Mount absolutely cannot. It's a tricky one, isn't it? I like you, We know what Southgate's like. Um, mm. He will... Yeah. But anyway, we'll talk about that in a few weeks' time when that squad's announced. I think it's in about three weeks. Awesome. Let's move on to another game then. And if we're looking at ones we want to talk about, let's I mean, which one would you like to do first? West Ham Wolves or the North London Derby? Let's go to that North London Derby because it kicked us off for the week and uh, yeah. it was it was a pretty entertaining game overall. Yeah, very, very fun to watch, I thought. Um, yeah, so I enjoyed it. I do like... I, I can't I can't complain when you watch Spurs capitulate like that. It's just so much fun. It was... What the hell was Royale thinking? It was the most ridiculous challenge I've ever seen, ever. Like, it was completely unnecessary as well. Completely unnecessary. Um, but... I think Spurs were sitting back for most of the game and Arsenal were looking very good. Um, Gary Neville on uh, his podcast is actually saying teams like Spurs or managers like Conte, like Mourinho, that typically play a bit more of a defensive play to get a 1-0 win style, are losing out now to managers that are a lot more expressive, that take the initiative. And I think that's pretty accurate when you look at this game because I don't think Spurs ever really looked like winning it. They got a goal back and got it to 1-1, but then... I can't really think of anything else they did for the whole game. And I think that shift in style from taking the initiative to counter-attacking, while I understand it against Arsenal, I think it really hampered Spurs. I think Conte got it wrong for this game. Yeah, he wanted to sit back and hit him on the counter. You have that sort of Kane dropping into that quarterback role and pinging balls mm. over towards Richardson and Son running on. But it just like, Arsenal dealt with it very well. Um, they had one, like Spurs had one shot early on um, from like a free kick that fell to Richarlison and Ramsdale made a save and obviously they got the penalty. Uh, what the hell is Gabriel doing for that penalty, by the way? That is an absolute brain-dead okay. bit of football. Mm. But other than that, um, they looked really comfortable and especially once obviously Spurs went down to 10 men, there was no chance of getting back into the goal. Party with an absolute cracking strike to get the ball rolling. Uh, and Granite Xhaka just carrying on this form. He seems to be getting forward a bit more. Um, so it's sort of, they're playing more of like a 4-1-4-1. And Xhaka's being given a bit more freedom to run forward while Partey sits deep. So um, I think I saw something. It's like he's got 16% of Granite Xhaka's Premier League goals and assists have come in like the last five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely bonkers, isn't it? But Xhaka's looking at the moment to be absolutely exceptional in that central midfield role. I think Arteta's realised he can't play as a CDM, so going more box-to-box actually works really, really well for Xhaka. And he's not picking up nearly as many yellows either, which is a bit annoying because I had a bet on him too. Um, yeah. The Gabriel Jesus scoring again, Martinelli picking up an assist. What are you doing with your Arsenal assets? Because I think we've both got Martinelli. Yeah. I'm thinking about dropping. I'm, 
it's hard because I'm in this situation now where I've currently got three players that blank um, in game week 11. 12. 12. I'm, I'm, I forget that one game week didn't happen. Um, so I'm thinking of the actual amount of games yeah. that have been played. Uh, but yeah, so I've got three players that currently blank in 12 and I want to get De Bruyne back in for Son. Um, so if I do that, I do need to drop someone and that would probably have to be Martinelli. Um, but their fixtures around that blank are nice. Beforehand, mm. they have Leeds and then afterwards they have Southampton and Forest. So it might be that I just have to re- get rid of him for one week and then bring him back in uh, the week after. So I'll have to see how I'll go around that one. But just those fixtures, they look too good really to be uh, passing up for him. Yeah, and the reason I won't drop him this week is because he's playing up against uh, out of form, devoid of confidence, Trent Alexander. <laughs> um, so I, I think I'm probably going to be starting Martinelli and benching Trent next week. Um, Could you imagine if we were having this conversation this time last year, talking about, oh, I'm targeting Liverpool? <laughs> absolutely bonkers. But I, I think coming back to Liverpool, is you, you have got a Liverpool team that have been ridiculously overachieving for the past three or four years. And it's about time we came crashing back to earth because look at our net spend versus any of the other clubs in the top 10 we're, or even the top 15. We're the lowest by far in terms of net spend. And that's since Klopp took over a team that was 15th place or something like that. So Klopp and this Liverpool team have been massively overachieving and now we're kind of coming back down to earth, I think, a little bit, which is... Unfortunate, but it does mean that we're exposed and we are being targeted. But yeah, Mar- yeah. Martin, I think I'll hold for now, but I'm not opposed to dropping at some point soon. Um, if you've got Jesus, he's probably worth keeping, uh, especially with Mitrovic's injury and Tony being absolutely garbage. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> um, Spurs, I'm happy holding Kane. And I think, it, assuming they go back to taking the initiative in the next couple of games, which I think they will, because they've got... Br- uh, Brighton and Everton and then Man U actually so three games where Spurs could really take it to the opposition I think you, you'd hold Son um, yeah it's, it's really difficult for me at the moment like I say because I feel like De Bruyne is the one uh, to get back in for me over Son um, they play not Southampton next week who are huh? not with the blank though in 12 right yeah but then I can I can work around that with the squad that I've got it's it, it's not going to affect me that much with the actual roundness of the squad that I've got. I can I can bench three players that week um, and be absolutely fine. So that's why I'm thinking about it. And I don't know. Son again had no shots on Saturday. Um, yeah. Admittedly against know. a fairly decent side. So uh, I just I don't know. I feel I feel like now we've maybe proven that last week coming off the bench and got last week last game coming off the bench and scoring a hat-trick maybe was just a bit of a freak occurrence, which I did say, but you made me get him in anyway, and it's all your fault and I hate you. Okay, but I also told you to get in Madison, and so you, you can't claim No, to, you didn't. That's a lie. You can't claim to listen to me for one, but not the other. Um, let's chat about West Ham versus Wolves then, because West Ham beaten Wolves 2-0. Uh, you're a happy man, aren't you? I am indeed. We actually played quite well in this game, much better than we have done um, prior to the international break. It was refreshing to see Bowen getting back into the swing of things with a goal and an assist and a dislocated finger, which looked really nasty. Um, But he took his goal really well, um, smashed it in at the near post, and he just looked a lot more busy. So with fixtures coming up for West Ham as well, if you've got him 
looking at him now. Um, Suchek looked back to where near his best after being absolutely useless in the weeks prior to the international break, and a lot of West Ham fans calling for him to be dropped, myself included. Um, Skamaka with an absolute great finish as well. So if he starts to get a run in that starting eleven, which I'm hoping he will do now, um, then he could be one to watch um, in the future. Yeah, and I'm glad uh, Cairo was playing instead of Soufal. Yeah, that. he was really, really good at right back. It was good to see him pull over there. He had a good game for Germany there against England um, for the most part. And uh, Soufal has been fairly poor as well. So him going mm-hmm. over to right back and bringing Dawson back into that starting eleven seemed to really solidify us at the back. Um, it probably helped us as well that Neves was playing at centre-back for Wolves um, with their... Uh, lack of available centre-halves through both injury and suspension. So um, they looked a bit toothless going forward as well. I think they only had a couple of shots uh, on target for the whole game. Diego Costa came on and actually looked quite lively. He can still hold up the ball pretty well. And he, he did have a good header, but he put it wide like, and it was a good chance for him. So it wouldn't surprise me if he comes into the starting eleven. bearing in mind the next game is Chelsea. Oh, that would be the most Diego Costa thing ever. <laughs> Two goals against Chelsea. He um, would do an Adebayor celebration as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would absolutely do that. I really hope that happens. Um, yeah, Wolves obviously now getting rid of uh, Brunelaga. Um, yeah, they look absolutely toothless. I think before this game you were saying, was it West Ham are the only team not to score in the first half of a game, Wolves not to score in the second half of a game before this yeah. game. So Wolves, that remains. Um, and... Yeah, they've just looked very, very poor. So I think a change of management is definitely needed for them. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know who the early front runner is in terms of the bookies. Um, maybe they should get Nuno back. I mean, they could do worse, to be honest. Um, Brendan Rodgers to Wolves, anyone? <sighs> Not after last night's game. I'm going to see if I can, while we're, while we're carrying on, I'm going to look up uh, who the favourite is for that job. Well, in that case... Why don't we look at Bournemouth versus Brentford? Because for Brentford, a lot of people were bringing in Ivan Tony for this game specifically. And actually, I think he did all right because if you've got Tony and Haaland as a strike partnership, that's 24 points. Absolutely lethal. 24 points between the two of them. I don't see how you could possibly go wrong having Tony up front with Haaland. What do you think? I think you're an absolute. Absolute wild card, <laughs> merchant. Uh, my wild card, which has proven to be an absolute master show in that one game. Uh, I think since he's got his England call up, he has done the two games since he got that call up. He has done absolutely sweet FA. So he is um, on the chopping block after one week for me, but I'm willing to give him a couple more weeks to see how he goes. Their fixtures aren't horrendous. I mean, Newcastle away is a tough one. And then it's Brighton and Chelsea. Uh, so it could be tricky. So if he doesn't get anything in these next couple, uh, he could be on the block. But like I say, after that, he then has Villa, Wolves and Forest. So where, where, how much rope are you willing to give him? Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I think there's better options than Ivan Tony in that striking position. So I won't be going near him. Same for Dom Solanke. Like He seemed to be the darling of the FPL community on Twitter in the lead-up to this game week. I don't really know why. <laughs> but I guess for a cheap striker, 5.7 million or something. But the people forget that he's just a really rubbish footballer. <laughs> well, you said it, not me. Um, and just as an update to my point, 
the favourite for the Wolves manager's job, as things stand, is Julian Lopetegui, uh, the former Sevilla manager, was he? Or his current Sevilla manager. Is he still a Sevilla or has he left now? I can't remember. But he had that brief spell in charge of Spain as well, which sort of ended in disaster um, prior to, was it the Euros or the World Cup? I can't remember which one it was. So, yeah, he's the current favourite. Uh, yeah, he's current Sevilla manager still, so... Oh, fair enough. Interesting. Um, but not much else to say on Bournemouth v Brentford. Have you got any any no, other but... comments? A boring game, right? Yeah, I mean, what can you really say about it? There, I, I don't think Bournemouth had a shot on target in the game um, from memory. So people, you know, like you say, talking about Solanke was just very, very strange. Um, it was, it was. That is the. Absolute peak fixtures over four. Yeah, one hundred percent. Or ability. I think you've got fixtures form and actual being a good footballer. I think Solanke yeah. only one of those boxes, and that's fixtures. Um, next game to chat about then is Crystal Palace one, Chelsea two. Uh, Palace going ahead got us very excited, but obviously wasn't to be in the end. Um, Gallagher popping up for Chelsea. Nice to see him getting starts. And Aubameyang with a goal as well. I think if you went for a Chelsea player, though, you're going for Reese James or Raheem Sterling. Neither of them being involved at all in this game uh, with a two-on-one points and FPL, respectively. Bit of a nothing game, right? Yeah, it was a little bit. I mean, Aubameyang took his goal very nicely. Um, Palace fans will be very aggrieved that Thiago Silva wasn't sent off for his handball. Um and probably rightly so, but I think it's one of those, whichever way VAR, um, the referee gives it, VAR is not going to overturn it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Aubameyang took his goal nicely. And Gallagher, with his first goal for Chelsea against the club that he obviously had such a good stint with last season on loan, um, breaking their hearts in the last minute. It was a fantastic goal as well. Uh, Eduard with a very nice finish for his goal. But like we say, Zaha picking up nothing, getting there. <laughs> I mean, Palace's fixtures from now on look really, really good because they've got Leeds at home, Leicester away, Wolves at home, Everton away, Southampton at home, West Ham away, and then Forest away. So all the way up to 16, Crystal Palace's fixtures look awesome. I think now's the time to bring in Wolf Zaha at 100%. If you can get him in, I would get him in for this run of fixtures. The next five or six look absolutely awesome for them. So I think that's... I will I will let you know if I get him in because then you can just not worry about it. Yeah, that's what I'm going to base it on whether you get him in or not. Because if you get him <laughs> in, he's doing nothing. If you don't, he's doing well. Um, yeah, with Chelsea, they've got decent fixtures uh, coming up. So Wolves and Aston Villa, but then it's Brentford and Manu. Okay, and actually their fixtures aren't too bad until game week 16. So I'm not completely opposed to bringing in Chelsea as well. I'm probably going to bring in Fofana as a replacement for the injured John Stones, just get an extra million in the bank, because um, I can use that to upgrade then Martinelli to Zaha. That's yeah, it's um, it's good as well. Like, like I say, Wolves are the lowest scoring side in the league, so if Chelsea are going to keep a clean sheet this week is hopefully the week that they will for any uh, Reese James or Fofana owners. Diego or Costa? Diego Costa, anyone? Potentially. It, it's written in the stars. <laughs> um, two more games to speak about this week then. And one of them I'd rather not speak about. You mentioned it before, but the board draw between Leeds and Aston Villa. And Aston Villa seems to have got it together defensively, but offensively they look quite boring. Although Melier did make six saves in this game, picking up all three bonus points. 
But uh, yeah, I, uh, there's just not much to say here. Rodrigo being back, actually, that, that's a good point. Yeah, good to see him back from that injury. Uh, might take him a little while to to get back to the form he was he was showing before that injury. Um, the main point for me in this game was Sinisteria's red card. What oh, an yeah. absolute idiot! You're on a yellow card, and then you decide to block a free kick from being taken quickly. What are you expecting? That is plain stupidity. And if I'm one of his teammates, I am going to be seriously pissed off with him. Uh, saw a guy on Twitter who used the triple captain option thinking it was on Haaland, but he'd actually viced Haaland and triple captains at Sinistera. Uh, oh this my is god, on Twitter at muvsaid, <laughs> triple captain for a minus six points when he had had the vice on Haaland thinking he'd captained Haaland. Um, <laughs> So that's about a 35-point swing, which is absolutely... Well, more than that, actually. No, it's like a 70-point swing. swing. I think uh, Harlan triple captain got 69. Nice. <laughs> but absolutely brutal. And he's ended up on a minus six for it. So that, that is a 75-point swing, which is absolutely horrendous. Um, <sighs> so uh, we're, we're here for you. We get it. But also, what an idiot. <laughs> That's, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say. Leeds, uh, quite a few Aston Villa games have been absolutely dire recently. So I'm hoping that they can actually start doing something going forward as well. They had a lot of shots, but just nothing, obviously, falling for them this week. Yeah, I think Gerard's got to start picking up some results there or he's going to be under pressure, especially with the amount of money and signings they brought in this summer. Nottingham Forest next. If there's a team you want to be playing to get a few goals under your belt, it's probably Nottingham Forest right now. Um, so you're telling me you're bringing in Ollie Watkins? I'm absolutely not, but I've got uh, Leon Bailey. So he's going to be starting for next game. Um, last game to chat about is Fulham 1, Newcastle 4. And Newcastle blowing the clean sheet right at the death, costing us four points as Nick Pope owners was bloody annoying. Um, but yeah, Newcastle looking the much better side. Uh, Ulmeron and Willock both looking good. Nice to see Bruno Gameresh coming back as well. Um, Trippier with the bonus point, which is nice as well. Thoughts on the game? Yeah, I mean, the red card killed it for Fulham early doors, didn't it? I think eight minutes in, Shalabar gets sent off. That It, it was always going to be a struggle for him from then. And then, yeah, Mitrovic going off with injury as well after about 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like he might be fit for the weekend, they're saying, but obviously... Wait and see until later in the week before you're making your transfers, just in case. But yeah, Almiron picking up two goals. Um, the volley he scored was fantastic. It almost looked as though he took it with his wrong foot as well. It looked like it was going to fall onto his right foot and he swung his left foot at it and it just loops into that far corner. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I say, the most frustrating thing is the throwing away of that clean sheet right at the death when you've been cruising against 10 men, you're 4-0 up and then you go and throw away your clean sheet. What are you doing? Um, Leno actually had a really good game here as well. Like it could have been much worse. He made some really good saves. Yeah, completely agree. Anyone in particular you're looking at from Fulham? I, I've still got Andreas. I've still got Mitrovic. I'm going to wait to see on the news for Mitrovic because I'd like to start him in the next game. Yeah, I'm, I'm holding on to Mitrovic. Uh, I've still got Andreas as well. I don't think anyone's going to be getting rid of him at his price point, are they? It'd just be stupid too. So. 
Yeah, I don't think you're really going to be changing anything with your Fulham assets. They've got a nice run of fixtures coming up. So if Mitrovic is fit and firing for those, um, when you're looking at West Ham, Bournemouth, Villa, Leeds and Everton as your next five, that is a nice run of fixtures. And you'd like to think this will just be a blip for them because, like I say, playing with 10 men for 80 minutes, you're really going to be fighting an uphill battle. Mm, yeah, completely. Let's look at our teams then for next week. Um so I'm lining up with, at the moment, uh, transfers pending, but at the moment it's poking goal, back three of Cancelo, Trippier and Mitchell. Uh, midfield four of Martinelli, Bailey, Luis Diaz and Madison. And then up front is Mitro, Kane and Haaland. Now, John Stones on my bench is injured, so I'm going to be bringing him out probably for Fofana. And I'll probably start Fofana over perhaps Leon Bailey. Um just because as much as he's playing Forest, he's still not a very good footballer. So uh, that that's the thinking at the moment. Whether I end up bringing anyone else in is TBC, but that way I can get a bit of money in the bank and be ready to drop Martinelli for Zaha for, as well. What are you thinking? I'm really sort of torn at the moment. So my current lineup is Pope in gold as well, a back three of Cancelo, James and Trippier. Midfield four of McAllister, Martinelli, Luis Diaz and Hyungmin Son. And then a front three of Tony, Haaland and Mitrovic. Obviously need to wait and see about this Mitrovic injury and see what happens there. Also really considering getting De Bruyne in, but I've got to wait until these Champions League games in midweek. Mm-hmm. Um, so many times people have been spurned by making a transfer prior to these midweek games, someone picks up an injury or something happens that makes you want to change your, change your plans. So uh, obviously you've got European football right through until Thursday night can wait until Friday. There's no early game Saturday either. So uh, the first fixture is three o'clock on Saturday because um, there's three TV games on Sunday. BT Sport have got their game at seven o'clock on Sunday evening, um, presumably because Man United are in the Europa League. So they couldn't then play on Saturday. So that game got shifted to Sunday night. So um, yeah, wait as long as you can to make those transfers. You've got right up until Saturday after, well, Saturday afternoon now. Yeah. And when in doubt, stick your armbands on Haaland. Seriously, he's at home to Southampton. You do not... City versus Southampton is one of the three o'clock games on the Saturday. When Haaland goes mad and probably gets another hat-trick, because let's be honest, it's more likely to be a when than if, you don't want to have tried to captain someone else and be a maverick and have the whole weekend upset and grumpy about Haaland doing well. Just enjoy this form while it lasts and stick your armbands on him. Yeah, I mean, he scored three hat-tricks in his last three home games. You're not going to be taken. I mean, it would not surprise me if he has the highest effective ownership we have ever seen in FPL this weekend. And it would be justified as well. Definitely. Um, Awesome. Well, that's it then from us. As I said, we will be back next week on Tuesday after the Monday night game. We will look to start thinking about what our England squads and podcasts will look like as well, because we'll do quite a few in the build-up to the World Cup. Until then, though, have a great week, guys, and have a great weekend.